Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. The restrictions apply. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. Great week. A lot of fun. Very physical week. You can feel the excitement on the practice field. I just told the kids that we have to play well to win. But if we, you know, if we prepare and, and uh, play hard and all those things, we'll have a great chance to do that. But we're going to have to play well. They've got a good football team, a really good coach. But you could feel it on Monday, Tuesday, and today was one of our best practices we've had. Yeah, yeah. With John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go in the shell. We won't go in attack mode because that's what's required. On 1037 The Buzz. to go appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of arkansas john neighbors joe franklin broadcasting live from the hogs meat market studios with you today and thank you as always for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon it's been trash talk thursday i hope you were excited about the razorback game against byu coming up on saturday as a reminder we'll be giving away a pair of tickets to that game here on out of bounds in today's show so you better be on the listen better be on the lookout for that and uh, we'll give you some details as the show goes on there. But a lot of things going on with Razorbacks, especially this weekend with football. We've had some basketball news here recently. We've had some baseball news here recently. So a lot of things happening. So let's go ahead and talk all about that as we go to the phone lines and welcome in friend of the show and a guy of the jack of all trades when it comes to all things sports. It is Dudley Dawson of Hogville.net. And Dudley, as always, appreciate you joining us, man. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing good. Uh, so ready to get some more football going uh, tonight with the NFL and college, and then Saturday with uh, with Arkansas and, and BYU, and what easily should be their uh, hardest test of the year. Yeah, so you mentioned it, the hardest test of the year against BYU. I'm sure you've heard it from fans, too. Not, not a whole lot of fans are feeling great. I'm not saying that most of them are trying to say this team's terrible, but in those first two games, especially in the rushing attack, it, it's kind of hard to find some fans that are feeling overly optimistic about uh, this season and how it can go. So that's why this big test is going to be happening against BYU. You've watched this team. You've watched a lot of football in your day. Are there legitimate reasons to be overly concerned with this football team after two weeks of play? Absolutely, there are some valid criticisms. I mean, I've been on here and talked about how I thought the offensive line had a higher ceiling once they get together. I'm not so sure about that now. Uh, I know they're going to you know, go back into the lab and, and work on it this week. Uh, but they've got to figure some, uh, you know, you can have to figure something out with the offensive line. Uh, you know, whether it keeps talking about fits and gaps and, and all this kind of stuff. To me, it looks like they're getting whipped at the line of scrimmage. And that just is not, uh, you know, a characteristic you expect of a Sam Pittman team. I'm sure they're going to get it right, but it's, uh, my, my, uh, uh summation of it so far has been, it's been like a pillow fight between Grand Hall and Mike Irwin. <laughs> That's really, uh, reporters on the beat who, uh, who I really love both, but uh, I mean, it's been very uninspiring when you talk about the rushing game uh, and you talk about you know the line of scrimmage, at least on the offensive side. I think the defense has done a pretty good job. And, and what's interesting is uh, you know the same thing has happened with BYU. BYU's only rushed for an average of 71 yards per game, uh, you know, which is just pitiful and not really what they usually do. They have a good new quarterback in Keaton Slovis. But they also have had people putting, uh, you know, too many people in the box for them to be able to run. But you got to figure something out with that. Uh, both of them have gotten to 2-0, but this is certainly the biggest test for both teams. And, uh, again, valid criticisms for not, uh, you know, for not being inspired by what we've seen so far. With some of the mixing and matching on the offensive line, who are some of the players you look for to uh, kind of take control and maybe take that step forward and shoring up the offensive line? 
Well, you know, I thought it was interesting that uh, uh, Coach Pittman this week called out his two seniors, uh, his center and his guard, uh, for got to be better leaders. And, uh, you know, I think that's a case where you can get into knowing what you need to do. And even if you're the so-called quarterback of the offensive line, you've got to be able to make sure everybody's communicating. So I think those two guys, you know, look to me like they have to do a better job up front of communicating uh, you've had several plays now that uh, we're have been negative yardage plays, or you've just gotten one and two yards, and then Arkansas offense cannot succeed in the SEC conference play, much less uh, get the two teams they played if you don't get uh, you know you're working cohesively up in the front with that offensive line, and they just have not got it done. Uh, maybe when uh, they they you know have everybody back and healthy and have a couple of weeks under them, we'll see some improvement. But it better come quick because the schedule's about to get a lot tougher, especially after this week. Yeah, Dudley, another thing, too, is uh, just looking at it from not with the offensive line, but the running back position. You don't have Rocket Sanders. You didn't have him last week. You're not having him this week. We know how he's a preseason All-American, and hopefully he's going to be made available for LSU. But still capable guys like A.J. Green, Rashad Dabinian, uh, Dominic Johnson coming off of some injuries, but... Uh, we've seen what he was capable of a couple of seasons ago. He's got a, looks like a really talented freshman running back in Isaiah Gustav. And you just really haven't had anything going from them, at least pretty consistently. H- how do you feel like this needs to play out? Because obviously the offensive line's got to block, but these running backs got to hit the right holes at the right times too. Yeah, they're all trying to look for the big play instead of just taking the, the quick step into the hole and getting what you can. I think that uh, you know, a lot of them had big plays last year, and that's another thing that Coach Pittman brought up Monday. That you've got to go to the hole, you've got to get what you can. You've got to turn the one and two yard plays into five and six yard plays before you start busting out and running down the field. Now, there is no way that Arkansas has a better rushing attack without Rocket Sanders in there. I mean, he had over 1,400 yards last year, did a good job, uh, you know, out of, out of the backfield catching the ball. But this, this second half of the, the last game, Against Kent State, Arkansas made an adjustment, and it's an adjustment that I don't think anybody really wants to see. What they had to do is take that running back, make him uh, basically the blocking back I was for Billy Warren in Newport, get up in the hole and just kind of forget, uh, you know, about anything else, and use him as a blocker for and had the quarterback run. And you know that was successful. It was an adjustment that uh, uh, Kent State head coach Kenny Bell said he, you know, that Arkansas made and. You know, they got more people there at the line of scrimmage and in the box and all that. But it is just, uh, you know, you've got to be able to hit the holes. Now, we've all seen flashes of all those guys that you, you've talked about, with, except for the freshmen, you know, at least in game experience. But it's got to be, a, a, you know, a, a group effort. There's plenty of culpability to go, to go around for the blame from the coaches on down to, to the players. And, you know, you just can't sit here and say everything's great. Uh, you know, they do look, they always look great when they're going against each other in practice. And that's why, you, you know, it's, it's over the course of the years, I've learned to not to judge it off of that. They do have 38 new players, most of whom are, are out there playing. Uh, you've had a few injuries, but I just think that, uh, you know, particularly last week, that I think that they showed up, didn't respect their opponents and uh, didn't show up with intensity. Uh, Kent State jumped out there. On them had some big plays early on, and their defense, as we said, had plenty of people in the box. Uh, but you've got to do better than that. You've got to wipe these two teams off the face of the earth with what you had in terms of talent-wise and what you should have coaching schematic-wise. But it just didn't happen, and so I'm not going to sit here and tell everybody, you know, I'm not going to be Douglas Niedermeyer in National Anthem's mm-hmm. Animal House and said all is well. With the first two games, they were pass-happy in, in the first game, and then they tried to get the run going more so in the second game. And looking at how both of those played out and factoring in the opponents, they were trying to work on some things. Is it possible that this team is just a better passing team than we expected and maybe not as good at at the run like we've seen over the past few seasons? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, I'm not going to rule it out. But, again, I think it's a matter of intensity, uh, you know, more than it was execution. And you can't show up take your opponent lightly, not uh, be ready to play. And I really think that's what happened last week. Uh, down on the field before it started, uh, just, I didn't sense the same, uh, you know, intensity that I have normally for ball games. I really do think they, uh, even though uh, Coach Pittman and, and his staff pointed out, you know, that Kent State had some great players, if they lose 56-6 the week before, and I'm sure a lot of them watched it on TV because it was a Thursday game and they were, 
you were able to get a good look. I didn't think it was going to be much of the game at all. Uh, and if, if that's, you know, if that's how I thought it, I'm sure they did too. And I just think, uh, most of it was a matter of intensity. And I think they've had two bad halves and two pretty good halves so far. So, Dudley, also looking at uh, the other side of the ball and maybe more positive with the Razorback defense, I know in two games they've only given up one touchdown. Put the competition there, of course, into consideration, but let's be honest, last season this was a team that if the uh, uh, high school team or junior high teams are growing up against them, they may have given up some more points. What have you seen from the defense that have made them look so much more improved? Are they so much more improved, and how much of a factor are they going to have to play in this game in order to uh, have Arkansas get a victory? Well, we're going to find out a little bit more in these next few games. Uh, the one with uh, BYU here on Saturday, certainly with LSU and Texas A&M, just how good that defense is. Because LSU and uh, Texas A&M will test you offensively, and uh, you know with what they have, even though you know they haven't basically lit it up either so far, uh, unless you count taking Grambling State to the woodshed as LSU did last week. Uh, you know, I am I am impressed with what they've gotten done against the the two teams that they played. Uh, when you you don't give up a touchdown, you know, last week, and I thought it was a big deal, uh, them being able to keep them out of the end zone there in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, obviously they put starters back in and made sure that that doesn't happen. But that was a positive you could take out of that ball game. The Clearly the defensive line uh, has more depth on it and more talent on it. Uh, the linebackers have made big plays, as we've seen, and and, uh, you know, I've, I've always thought that was going to be a better depth position. And then you, you got to give it up for the for the defensive backs as well. Yes, they've had a couple of guys running three in these two games, but for the most part, they have been effective in limiting big plays and also, uh, you know, getting the quarterback, uh, you know, getting pressure on the quarterback. Some of that's been because of the, the defensive line. Some of that's been because the secondary has covered their guys and there's been coverage sacks or at least coverage uh, runaround. For this game, this matchup, what should Arkansas be focused on from the BYU standpoint? I think the biggest thing is the quarterback, Keaton Slovis. And he has thrown for over 500 yards, or nearly 500 yards in his first two games. He is a guy who has had five touchdowns and one interception. He is a guy that I don't know if a lot of people remember was a highly touted freshman at USC. Started there, threw for over 3,000 yards and I think 29, 30 touchdowns was just going to be the next quarterback, uh, uh, you know, that, that USC was going to have in, uh, you know, in the pros. Yeah, since then, he, he, he kind of declined in the number of passes, uh, touchdown passes, and increased in the number of interceptions. He went last year to, to Pittsburgh and was the starter there, played all of their games, but had 10 touchdown passes and nine interceptions. So you can clearly get him to make mistakes. You've got to put pressure on him. You've got to, you know, can't allow him to just stand back there in the pocket or he will, uh, pick, you know, pick you apart. But I do think that he has shown over the course of his history, since, at least since that freshman uh, season, that he is apt to have some turnovers if you get pressure on him. And I'm sure that's what Arkansas is going to do this week. Speed with Dougley Dawson of Hogville.net here on Out of Bounds. Yeah, Dudley, I'm expecting the crowd to be great, to, to be really electric, and I know you don't want to overlook them, but you mentioned about how important this game is and how tougher it gets. I look at it as if Arkansas doesn't win this game against BYU, they could be looking at two and five right in the face. Uh, you got oh, to, absolutely. Uh, I, and so, I, I think this is key to get to a bowl game. I'm not sure they're going to get to a bowl game unless they win this game. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of was going to be my point of, you know, it's you don't want to go like full doomsday at times, but, man, it's hard not to believe that if that happens and that's the case – there's a lot of trouble on the horizon if this team ended up starting two and five to this football season, which is a very very good possibility because as we've talked about, uh, it's late September, early early October, the first three weeks of October is, is a you know it's a madhouse and you could clearly you know have your season turned up into maybe it will be the same as last year. The reason Arkansas got to the bowl game last year, I'm versus certain, is because they went out to BYU and won a game I didn't think they were going to win. Uh, of course, they had Rocket Sanders rushing for 175 yards in that game, and KJ Jefferson throwing for five touchdowns. Uh, you know, Jaron Hall, he was the quarterback then, went ahead and went pro, and he's on the roster now in the NFL. Uh, but I think they've got to show up. They've got to take the game seriously. They've got to come with the intensity and effort that they did last year out there in that beautiful setting for football, by the way. Uh, and and they bring it into, or you you know, it's going to be a pivot thing for you in the season. 
And the pivot will go bad if you lose this dog out. Is there more pressure on the offense or, or defense for this matchup against Ab- BYU? Absolutely the offense. And absolutely the offensive line. Uh, that's number one. But, you know, as we said, it's got to work in conjunction with running backs. They've got to quit trying to hit uh, home runs and take some singles and doubles. Uh, some mixed sports there. Uh, you know, you can't uh, just do it all the time. But you've got to be able to get up there, get those tough yards. And also, uh, you know, you've got to learn. I think it was pretty interesting that Coach Pittman, he didn't call Dan Enos out by name, but he did say our new offensive coordinator, so you know, that's the only one there. <laughs> He's got to find out what we're doing, what we do well, and start doing that more. And, uh, you know, so I, I expected sort of a different game call. Now, they haven't shown everything, uh, defense or offensive-wise, in these two games. You don't do that. But it's not a matter of playing possum. You have to be able to do uh, very good. You have to execute it, what you decided to put in the game plan. I don't think that's happened in two of these halves. And again, like you said, I'm not ready to, to have a doomsday, you know, situation just yet. But I think this is a ball game that is very, very uh, important to the, how the season's going to go. So, Dudley, I do want to shift gears because we'll have some other things to talk to you about. But uh, from the basketball side of things, Jalen Shelley, the Razorback basketball player that commit, or should say the high school player that committed to Arkansas. What can you tell us about him? Because it seems like he is a highly regarded high school player that could uh, really make an impact, especially with that long frame. Well, I'm going to need to go see him play sometime probably in November when there's a Cowboy game at home. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he's from Frisco, Texas. Obviously another top 100 player. Uh, you Coach Musselman, his last 10 commitments have been top 100 players. That's never happened here at this university before. Uh, you know, I've, or at least it's during the 40 years I've been around here, that's, there's never been a stretch like that of quality recruiting, and that's probably why they've ended up, you know, the way they have the last couple of years. Uh, a lot of talent, you know, some get drafted by the NBA. This was a big pickup for them. Uh, and, you know, somebody that had offers from everybody you're going up against, competing against when you're in an elite, you know, elite uh, program. And so I think a really big pickup for them, and I think he'll continue to get some very good players uh, Obviously, uh, one of the biggest ones, uh, you know, uh, is Honor Boating from uh, Little Rock Central down there. Great young man, great player. Uh, we'll see if Arkansas is able to land him. Uh, I think that's the that's the next one I, I focus on mostly. Uh, he's taking his official visits. Uh, they're going to have a lot of people up here in the next uh, few weeks. A plethora, as they say, of uh, recruits that could continue the success that he's got going here. You know what would have made the difference as far as Jalen Shelley wanting to go to Arkansas? There is the connection with Jordan Walsh, who was at Link Academy before. And so maybe they've established a certain connection with some of the players at Link Academy. Yeah, I think that's a little bit of it. But what they did, he came in here last weekend, and he basically saw how they run this as an NBA-type program. Uh, they're all about the development. They're all about the the league, of course, while winning. But they laid out a, a plan for him, how he would come in and contribute, how he would come in and get better, what he's good at, what he's not good at, what he needs to be developed is. There are a lot of kids who don't want to hear criticism, uh, but there are some, like Jalen Shelley, who live and respects what uh, Coach Musselman and his staff, who are all, you know, all NBA guys, uh, tell them, and he, that's where he wants to go. And he believed, after visiting other schools and, and coming here, that they had the best program in terms of development and getting him to the NBA, and I think that that's one the, you know one of the main things he pointed out was probably the biggest reason he's going to be here, and probably you know one of the, the reasons they've been able to get ten of these uh, uh, top one hundred players, uh, many you know way up in the top one hundred uh, uh, because of that development and how they're running it as an NBA like program. Well, Dudley, uh, I was really looking forward to our teams going up against each other uh, with the Cowboys and the Jets there in Arlington. But something happened this past weekend that happened to my Jets, so it's not as exciting. But kudos to your Cowboys. How about that performance in Game 1 on the road in New York? Yeah, frightened the animals. Uh, frightened the dogs around here uh, on Monday night with some of those early plays, block punt, uh, you know, the, the fumble slash interception recovery. It was uh, you know, I think we looked a little bit better than we are, uh, you know, because the offense, you know, still was kind of pedestrian. Uh, I'd like to see how they do this week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he's an interesting fella. You know, I hate that to, to happen to anybody. And after four plays, after the buildup for so long, and I, and I, I feel sorry for you and Scott Jones, who's a friend of mine up here who's another New York Jets fan who was just sick. 
you know, after that. Uh, I, but, but I'm telling you, this is the kind of game we lose. Uh, I'm used to the Dallas Cowboys going in as heavy favorites against a team they should win, you know, should beat and lose. Now, if, if uh, Aaron Rodgers had been there, and I, and I definitely wouldn't have thought the Cowboys won cause, would win because just like he tells uh, Chicago or Detroit or whoever else, he owns us. <laughs> yeah, this could be a game where you see the running backs on display. We know that the Jets may be a little more run-heavy, but the Cowboys with Tony Pollard, anytime he touches the ball, man, he can he can take it to the house. Yeah, and it's uh, you know it was, it was fun also, even though he didn't get a, many carries, but it was fun also to watch Deuce Vaughn out there. Deuce Vaughn was a young man born here in Fayetteville. Uh, his dad Chris was on the staff at Arkansas. I remember when he when he was tiny, a uh, tiny little fellow. Now he's still a tiny little fellow. But he's older and had a great career at Kansas State, and so that was exciting. But, uh, but yeah, and I'll be, you know, be, it'll be interesting also to see, you know, how New York does their running back. Uh, Dalvin Clark, uh, I have a great story about Dalvin Clark. He came in for his visit here in Arkansas. Obviously, ended up going to Miami. But uh, when I called him to ask him how things were going, he said, man, the visit was great. Uh, you know, we landed at the airport, and I got to see my first giraffe. <laughs> and I was like, What? And so I went out to the airport not long after that, and there were a bunch of llamas. So uh, that tells you that he's an inner city guy, Miami. I've, I've never had the opportunity to, to correct him on that. And I, I don't help Arkansas. I don't hurt him recruiting. I don't want to tell him that wasn't a giraffe. So. Oh, wow. That's a great story. That's a great story, Dudley. Well, hey, man, as always, we appreciate you coming on with us. You can follow him on Twitter at DED Sports and see all he has to offer on hogville.net. Appreciate it as always, man. Enjoy the weekend. We'll be catching up with you here soon. You bet. Anytime. I appreciate it. Again, that was Dudley Dawson joining us. And, folks, uh, if you want to sponsor Dudley's segment, because we had Luke and Fordyce saying that he wishes Dudley was a daily and weekly segment here on Out of Bounds, well, sponsorship is open, so you can call us, and we'll get you in touch with the sales team, and we'll make it happen for you. But we got more to talk about on Out of Bounds on a Trash Talk Thursday next, so stay with us. One zero three seven. The Buzz is proud to bring you college football talk with Mark May every Thursday morning on Morning Mayhem. Brought to you by Edwards Food Giant, The Meat People, and by Dugan's Pub, located in the River Market. This is Sports Center. We are two days away from Arkansas hosting BYU. Coach Sam Pittman talked about facing BYU on the SEC teleconference yesterday. We're really excited to play BYU at night here in our stadium. Tradition-rich program. It's a wonderful man, good coach, really good coach. They've won six in a row. So we certainly have our work cut out for us. They're a big physical football team, doing a lot more on defense than they did a year ago and playing really well. Kickoff is set for 6.30 on Saturday night. TV coverage is on ESPN2. Radio coverage will be on the buzz. And the Arkansas Travelers lost to the Northwest Arkansas Naturals 6-5 to last night. They'll try to bounce back tonight. First pitch is set for 7.05. Coverage can be heard on 106.7 Buzz 2. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. We're back with Wild Bill at Motorsports Authority. Great selection here on the lot, but what about my trade-in, Wild Bill? We'll trade for just about anything as long as you don't have to feed it. We'll put top dollar in that trade. I'm getting country fried crazy during this sale right now, and I'll tell you what, folks, it's a lot of fun to do business with us. If you're wanting top dollar for your trade, you need to come see us. You can check out the complete selection online at msastore.com. Better yet, come see us in Russellville on East Main and Hot Springs on Central. You better get down here to Motorsports Authority. Touchdown! Razorback fans, this Saturday night, it's BYU versus Arkansas at 6.30 p.m. Plenty of TVs at Brewski's and the legendary Brewski-tron with full game sound. Enjoy drink specials and the best game day food in the city at Brewski's. Stick around after the game for Saturday night karaoke in the bar at 9 p.m. And Dude Called Rob in the basement playing a live open format DJ set till 2 a.m. For more info on VIP sections, brewskispubandgrub.com. This Saturday night, it's BYU versus Arkansas at 6.30 p.m. RJ Hawk here with Chris Roberts from Southern Bank. And Chris, I know interest rates are high right now. That's what everybody's talking about. But if you're thinking about a project, whether it be a commercial project or you want to build a house, now's the time to come talk to you about what those future plans may look like. You know, RJ, no matter what the business environment may be, we're always there to sit down with our customers and talk about their future plans and 
what's going on with their businesses. And that's one thing about Southern Bank is they're a community bank. They want to be your partner. Partnering with our customers is a key to how we do business. And Chris, you know, we talk about those interest rates being high, but the one good news out of that is deposit rates. We have some great CD and checking account rates. Just give us a call and see what one of our personal bankers can do for you. If you want more information about interest rates or those deposit rates that we just talked about, call Chris and his team today at 501-424-0900 or go online at bankwithsouthern.com. Southern Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Everybody, it's John Neighbors. Listen every day at Out of Bounds to hear what Joe and I have to say about what's trending on social media and whether listeners agree or disagree. Engaging conversations about engaging topics. Sponsored by Arkansas-based West Rock Coffee. Join West Rock Coffee and their 1.5 million coffee farmers around the globe as they fuel Arkansans with great tasting coffee, tea, and water delivered directly to your business. Find them at westrockcoffee.com or 833-886-JAVA. That's 833-886-5282. Call today. I'm Hunter Bell at Bell Chevrolet. We know the best part of being in Arkansas is the people. That's why we believe you're not just customers. You're our friends and family. We're determined to go above and beyond to help make things a little easier. And we put in the hours every day so we can take care of our families and you can take care of yours. We are here for you, Arkansas. Come help us make it even better at Bale. Shop Bale Chevrolet and BaleChevrolet.com today. Find new roads. Get only the best customer service and the best selection of meats at Hogs Meat Market, where they have sliced boarhead deli meats and cheeses. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Went to the liquor store. I loaded up with alcohol. More specifically, vodka, whiskey, beer, tequila, more beer, more vodka. More whiskey and more beer. Because I was just going to sit around for a couple of hours in Jonesboro. I was going to drink all night long. On 1037 The Buzz. It's a great time to get to Twin Peaks for happy hour, 2 to 7. Later, happy hour, 10 to close. Enjoy all the food and drink specials that go along with it. Get a lunch combo starting as low as $7.99. If you want to take some food to go, you can order online, curbside, or to go, courtesy of Postmates, DoorDash, and Uber Eats. Great drink specials during happy hour. Apps for 2 4 and $6. Twin Peaks has plenty of seating inside and out. Wall-to-wall TVs to see all the sports action. And there's Thursday night football tonight. Vikings taking on the Eagles. And there's plenty of college football. There's college football game going on tonight. couple of them. And college football this weekend. NFL this weekend. Major League Baseball is going on. And combat sports. Twin Peaks is is always the place to check out combat sports. Celebrate Mexican Independence Day through Saturday. And uh, great specials on tequilas, margaritas, and cervezas at Twin Peaks through Saturday, September 16th, which is Mexican Independence Day. So it's all there with all the specials going on at Twin Peaks, and there will be more to come. They have daily and weekly specials, so we'll keep you updated on everything going on at Twin Peaks. It's Twin Peaks, eats, drinks, scenic views. It is a Trash Talk Thursday here on Out of Bounds. And on our Escher Record Life and Feedback, John S. says, Afternoon, gents. John, do you know if Saracen lets you parlay prop bets? I don't think that they do. I don't think you can parlay prop bets. He's not with the double R prop bets. But uh, I know that you can uh, definitely do parlays for pretty much everything else. He says, Also, what is the defense that BYU runs? Uh, I think Taylor Swift is a plant for the Eagles. She is a known Eagles fan, and she will break Kelsey's heart, write a song, make him suffer, and Swifty Nation crazy nut jobs will attack him and try to ruin him. Eagles by a zillion. Kermit the Frog is done good for is done for good. He has good insurance. Okay, good to know. I guess I didn't know Taylor Swift was an Eagles fan. Is that common knowledge? Uh, Taylor right. Swift. She she likes a lot of. You know, different genres of music. As yeah. far as her just being a big Eagles fan. Nah, I, well, I mean, I mean like Philadelphia they, Eagles. Oh, e- Phil- I thought they were talking about the band. The no, Eagles. no, no, no. Because oh. uh, Kelsey, you know, the rumors of him. And then she says that they're a plan to get them to break up and ruin Kansas City's chances of being successful. I'm not sure about her being an Eagles fan. I don't, I don't, I, I have no idea if it was or, or what she, I mean, she hasn't really shown, showcased like no. any things, I don't think. I mean, if anything, she'd be a, a Chiefs fan right about now. Yeah, let's say. Maybe, maybe more so. I guess we'll find out. Um, 
Also uh, from Pipe Man on our Southern Structural Solutions text line, it says, Joe, was the BYU quarterback we're facing Saturday a backup to the current quarterback for the Steelers? If so, what are his thoughts uh, on the performance then? No, he, he wasn't a backup to Kenny Pickett. He actually transferred in after Kenny Pickett left. So he was there for last year, and he, you know, he was Pitt's quarterback during the season, and then he transferred once again, and that's how he ended up at BYU. But he's a guy that started off at USC, and he played well whenever he got a chance to play. He went in when JT Daniels was injured, and then he won the starting job from there. Then he got injured. And they had a little shuffling of the quarterbacks, and so he felt like it was best at that time for him to transfer, which he did, and he went to Pitt, and now he's moved on to BYU. But the guy has talent, and especially when there's talent around him, he's able to get the ball to the playmakers. But that's what we're still waiting to see from BYU, just how talented are they with the receivers and some of their skill position players for him to be able to get the ball to them. So did he leave USC because of Caleb Williams coming in, or was that yeah, before that? more so, yeah. That. I mean, made sense. I but but he also got injured in the right. year before, and then they had other quarterbacks that were kind of getting into the lineup with him also. Yeah. So it was just best for him to move on. Yeah, well, now he's at BYU, and I guess we'll find out how that will play out for him. So, uh, But here's the thing, though. We actually have a pair of Arkansas and BYU tickets to give away today, right now. And we're going to have a great trivia question for you. So if you can call in 501-661-1037 right now, we'll line them up and we'll ask the trivia question. And if you get it right, you get the pair of tickets to Arkansas and BYU this weekend in Fayetteville. 501-661-1037. Because it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful day in Fayetteville. 78 degrees is the high last time I checked. may want to check it again because, as we know, Weather is always changing, but as of right now, uh, it's seven. Oh, wow! Now it's even changed. It's seventy-seven degrees, so even a degree cooler, uh, and it's going to be overcast. Doesn't look like at this point any chances for rain that day, but still, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be awesome. And if you want a chance to win a pair of tickets to Arkansas BYU, really good seats too. Really good seats. Call in right now at five zero one six six one one zero three seven. And uh, we'll get you a chance to win our trivia question, too, which hopefully we'll have a lot more ticket giveaways for uh, Razorback sporting events, uh, especially for football, because we know those are hot commodities there, too. So, all right. We will go ahead and start off with uh, Jimmy, who's in Conway. Jimmy, you ready to have a chance to win some Razorback football tickets against BYU this weekend? Let's roll. All right. So here's your question, all right? Now, we know that BYU is officially in the Big 12, correct? So, Arkansas, since the Big 12 is formed, Arkansas has only beaten one Big 12 team at home since the Big 12 came into existence, which was Texas back in 2021. Can you name the three other Big 12 teams Arkansas has played at home in Fayetteville that they've lost to? There's three Big 12 teams that they lost to. Can you name all three? Okay. Texas Tech. Okay. Texas. Okay. And other, the last one will be, shoot, uh, at home, Mm -hmm. you said? Yeah, at home in Fayetteville. Got to get an answer from you, Jimmy. Come on now. TCU. 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 Is correct. Texas Tech actually happened in 2015 when Arkansas lost to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Texas, the other game, very memorable, was in 2004 when Vince Young came to town. And the other one being TCU in 2017, Brett Bielma's last year, Arkansas lost that game. I believe it was a low-scoring game, like 20-7. to But, uh, yes, those are the three Big 12 teams. So look at that, Jimmy. You got it right off the bat. You got two of them pretty quickly, but third one struggled with. But, hey, you got it. We're going to put you on hold. We'll get your information, and you are going to go to the Razorback football game this weekend. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. No problem. Thank you. Yeah, that was the surprising thing uh, when I was looking through some of the research of seeing uh, the – because, listen, like non-conference Power 5 opponents, there's only so many you can have in a, in a year, much less in a stretch. But for Arkansas, they have not fared very well against Big 12 teams in Fayetteville. Like, 
I, I was kind of shocked by that. Which Texas, I mean, that was just a couple years ago is when they beat. But yeah, they lost. And the funniest thing about it is all three of those teams that they lost to, they also beat them on the road. Because they beat Texas in 03. Remember the ambush in Austin, as they called it? They beat Texas in 03, but lost in 04. They beat Texas Tech in 2014. Remember that game where Arkansas ran for like 600 yards on them? It was a high-scoring affair. Arkansas took care of business, won that game, but lost the return trip in Fayetteville. TCU, same thing. Double overtime thriller down there in Fort Worth in 2016. Arkansas loses at home the very next year. So hopefully that's not a trend. Hopefully that's not the case where you beat BYU last year, you took care of business in their place. Hopefully they don't come into your stadium and take care of business and beat you. Hopefully that's not the case. But just a a very interesting stat there, especially knowing that uh, with some of these teams in the Power 5 conferences and some of the teams that Arkansas has even played in Power 5 at home, there, there's a few of them that have come of note. Like if you think of uh, just you know here this year with BYU, they are now, but they weren't last year as far as being a part of the Big 12. But uh, you even dated back to uh, in TCU, and then before that you had Texas Tech, and then before that you had Rutgers, which I don't know, I don't think Rutgers was a... Power 5 team at that point in time. I could have been wrong. I know they joined the Big Ten later, but they may not have been a Power 5 team. And then before that, you technically had Texas A&M before they joined the SEC. And then before that, you had USC, you had Texas, uh, you had UNLV, but they weren't a Power 5 team. So the point is, is that you've uh, had a success rate against a lot of these Power 5 teams, but very seldom have you actually won both games in those home-and-home series. Uh, in fact, I can't remember the last time that you won both games in a home-and-home home series against a big opponent in non-conference play. Yeah, it's difficult to do that, and a lot of times you'll see it where the teams will split their home, but uh, we've seen Arkansas do the opposite, yeah. where they go on the road and get the win, and then they end up losing at home. So hopefully, in this case, it doesn't happen. They've already gotten the win on the road against BYU, handle business with BYU coming into here. Yeah, and even throwing it in with Texas, uh, when Arkansas beat them in 2021 at home, uh, that's the return trip from twenty or 2008, or uh, probably Trino's first year, where Colt McCoy and the Texas Longhorns were a really good team, and Arkansas got smoked in that one. Uh, the one that's probably the most frustrating one, to be honest, if we're talking about, quote, big non-conference games, is you split them all except for Rutgers. That's the team you lost both times. You lost at home in 2012, despite Kobe Hamilton having like 300 receiving yards. You lost that one in 2012, and then you went on the road up there in Piscataway in Brett Bielma's first season, and A.J. Derby was the starting quarterback that day because Brandon Allen was hurt, and you had a lead. Stop me if you've heard this before. You had a lead that was like 24-7, to and ended up losing 28-24. to It's almost like that was a common thing uh, for uh, Razorback football teams in general. But uh, this could be the first time in a long time that you have actually swept the series. Because even against Colorado State, you went 1-1. One and one. Against UNLV, you went 1-1. One and one, Which, actually, no, UNLV was the bowl game, so I guess we won't count that. But the point is is that you have not had a lot of success sweeping these non-conference teams that you have home and homes with. This could be a great opportunity for you to finally do that. Hopefully it happens. But let's find out this weekend. Uh, we have more to talk about here on Out of Bounds. I know I have your Razor Hog update. We'll get some more of your phone calls and text messages as well. And some other storylines. We'll have Connor O'Gara joining us in the 3 o'clock hours. We'll talk about the slate of SEC games coming up. And we'll keep it moving here on Out of Bounds. So stay with us.
The Main Street Food Truck Festival is back. Your favorite food trucks are rolling into town for the 12th annual Main Street Food Truck Festival. 60 food trucks of every genre, with sample sizes at each truck, live music, and fun for the whole family. Bring the family for great food and a good time on Main Street. Join the Downtown Little Rock Partnership's 12th annual Main Street Food Truck Festival from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Sunday, September 17th. 1037 The Buzz is your home for Arkansas Razorback football coverage each week. And it's brought to you by Kaufman by Design West, Watney Chevrolet, Watney Buick GMC, Rainwater Holton Sexton, PI Roofing, and Red River Ford. 1037 The Buzz, the hogs play here. This is a public service announcement for hard seltzer lovers. Neutral Vodka Seltzer has arrived. Made with simple ingredients like vodka, seltzer, and real juice. Neutral tastes good. Like, real good. So good that you'll never want to drink another artificial-tasting seltzer again. Neutral's light and refreshing taste will show you what a vodka seltzer can be. Try Neutral, the one with the umlaut. Copyright 2023 Neutral Distilled Spirit Specialty, Los Angeles, California. Enjoy responsibly. Justin Anchor reminding you that Cerner Pro Painters is here to help you as we transition from summer into fall. And if you're thinking about doing something to the outside of your home, maybe it's long overdue, Cerner Pro Painters is here to help. Have them come over, give you an estimate, and they can help walk you through the process of what it'll take to get it done. They can help you out with the color selection and everything else you need to get the job done right. Each Cerner Pro Painters business is independently owned and operated. Schedule your free estimate at CerterPro.com. That's Certer with a C. For your home, for your business, get your place looking right with the help of my friends at Certer Pro Painters. Sherwin-Williams during the four-day super sale September 15th through the 18th and get 40% off paints and stains with prices starting at $26.69. That means 40% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And of course, get 40% off all of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Attorney Joe Cordell. Business owners and professionals face special challenges in divorce court. In addition to everything else going on, they have to contend with allegations that they are earning more than they are, coupled with claims on their business or practice itself. Clients with assets depend on their divorce lawyer skills in these matters, and that's why it's so important to hire someone that has those skills. Office in Midtown Little Rock, 415 North McKinley Street, Suite 310, Little Rock, Arkansas, 72205. Gianna Missouri, licensed in Arkansas. CordellCordell.com. You know, I'm not exaggerating when I say this. QC Kinetics can change your life. You can live again without chronic joint pain and without drugs or surgery. Hey everybody, it's RJ Hawk. QC Kinetics is advanced regenerative medicine. They take your body's own concentrated healing properties and put them right back into your joints to restore and repair that damaged tissue without surgery. The patient satisfaction reports are astonishing. Finally, a new alternative to the old ways of dealing with pain. And unlike surgery, there's no downtime with QC treatments. If you have constant pain in your knees, hips, shoulder, or back, you need a call and get a free consultation from the medical professionals at QC Kinetics today. Imagine this fall moving around pain-free, doing the things that you love again, like walking, hiking, or even playing with those grandkids. Call QC Kinetics today for that free consultation. 501-222-8440. That's 501-222-8440. 501-222-8440. Landon Jackson joined Morning Mayhem each week on 103.7 The Buzz, courtesy of Whitehall Fresh Market and Prime Fresh Market of Sheridan, both with the best selection of quality meats and personal service. Look them up on Facebook today. Check out Hogs Meat Market's monthly specials and meat packages at hogsmeatmarket.com. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Complete, lots of room. Jaden Wilson's got a chance to go inside the 40, inside the 30, to the 20, to the 10. Touchdown, Arkansas. Touchdown, Arkansas. Isaac Tesla threw the home run block. Jaden Wilson scores the touchdown, and they're excited at War Memorial Stadium. On 103.7 The Buzz. Bet Saracen is Arkansas' favorite sports betting app. Bet Saracen is as close to your cell phone. Just go to the App Store and download the Bet Saracen app or go to BetSaracen.com. College football, NFL, plenty of uh, wagering to go around there. There's MLB still going on. You can get in-game and prop bets and specials. And make sure you check out the double R prop plays that are on Bet Saracen. 
Arkansas is an eight and a half point favorite versus BYU, and the over under is forty seven and a half. Looking at the game tonight's games, uh, Navy taking on Memphis. Memphis is a thirteen and a half point favorite. Over under is forty seven and a half. Miami, fifty two and a half point favorite over Bethune Cookman, and the over under is sixty one and a half. So. Wherever you lean on whichever side, that's a lot of points, 52 and a half. So if you feel good that Bethune-Cookman can cover that, then uh, they're plus 52 and a half. That over-under, 61 and a half. For the NFL game, you have the Vikings taking on the Eagles. Eagles are a six and a half point favorite. The over-under is 49 and a half. For the most accurate and up-to-date sports wagering info, you need to be on the Saracen app. It's simple. Just go to the App Store and download the Saracen app. Go to BetSaracen.com. Be sure to check out the video of How to Play featuring Jancy Sheets. It's a Trash Talk Thursday here on Out of Bounds, and we'll have uh, some things to get into as well as a Razor Hog update. But uh, I had a text from the 501. said, John, that reminds me of when Ryan Mount led the Hogs to a 13-0 lead in Al- over Alabama in Fayetteville. With all the cylinders clicking, only to lose the game in 14-13 in a heartbreaker. That's actually a different game. That was the game to where Arkansas, I believe, was up 20-7. to Leave 20, 21 7, something like that, uh, to Bama. And then Alabama ended up winning 28 to 24. I believe that was the final score. But yeah, that was the game. The game that you're referring to was actually when Brandon Allen was the quarterback. And Arkansas lost 14 to 13 in 2014. And I still have not forgiven Brett Bielema for that game because it was a great defensive. Just like that was a great defense that Arkansas had that year. Trey Flowers, Dietrich Wise, Darius Phylon, Marshall Spape. Arkansas got up. 12 to 7. They missed the extra point in the first touchdown. And it was 7 to 6 and Arkansas scored a touchdown. AJ Derby at tight end runs down the field. Not that I remember specifics. Uh, but Arkansas scores a touchdown and they're up 12 to 7. And in a case like that, you should go for two, you know, because it's Alabama. Red Bielma doesn't. They score a touchdown and then they get a field goal, an extra point, and then it's 14-13. So why would you just go for the extra point? <laughs> like, why would you do that? So, yeah. Other missed opportunities in that game, too. Oh, yeah. What was it? Uh, Cody, Cody Walker. Walker. Yeah. Just uh, had the could have just done backflips back into the end zone uh, if uh, he would have held on to the ball. But it got – because then he get fumbled out of bounds into the end zone. And yep. then – yeah. Jeez. Yeah, sorry. I keep bringing up bad memories. Sorry about that. Game that true. was in sloppy weather and Arkansas wore the throwback uniforms oh, in that yeah. game. So people were excited about that part of it. And the game played out. Where they had a great chance to win, just didn't mm-hmm. finish it. Yeah. Uh, Lane Kiffin was the offensive coordinator for Alabama that year. And I think that was the year that Alabama went to the national championship. No, that was in the first year of the playoff, and they got smoked by Ohio State uh, in the semis, where people were like, ah, Ohio State didn't deserve to be in. Cause they were Jones. Yep. Goes Zeke Elliott. Man. Yeah. And they, and they destroyed Alabama. And then they destroyed, was it Oregon, I believe, with Marcus Mariota? I think that was that year. In the championship game. So, yeah, pretty loaded team there that Ohio State had. But yeah. It was just one of those years where, uh, yeah, they did just sneak in and they went on to win it all. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Good times. Good times. And Alabama, the only game they lost that year was to Ole Miss. And Bo Wallace was the quarterback there. And uh, Ole Miss, if I'm not mistaken, that was when they had Laquan Treadwell. He got injured in the game against Auburn. And he was out for the year, and they lost that game, and then kind of just the wheels fell off, and they started. Because they were a team that was people were thinking were being in the national championship. And that was one of my favorite years, too, because the very first college football playoff rankings that ever came out in Week 8 was the first ones ever. Historic. Number one was Mississippi State. <laughs> number two, I believe, was Oregon. Number three was Ole Miss, and number four was Auburn. That, that was the rankings. And I'm like... Man, think back to that Mississippi State number one with those Dak Prescott and, you know, that year. That was uh, magical for a time. It was. It was. It was just a wild year, that's for sure. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. Travis is in Conway. What's up, Travis? Man, that was just a good time in life right there back when uh, Treadwell and all them boys were there. But um, I was calling. I was originally calling for the, the competition thing and whatever the, mm-hmm. the question. But anyway, it's... I was also going to say that um, Slovis, he transferred out because when he got hurt, Jackson Dart came in. And then I'm pretty sure the following year, Dart either got hurt or got beat out by Caleb Williams. Um, 
Or but anyway, he just I knew just that Caleb out. Williams was on the way, so he left. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, but I, I had another question for you guys, though. So when the SEC expands, um, number one, how many conference games is it that they're going to play? And then the second part to that is um, I heard the ACC commissioner um, talking about how when conference play starts, it's just a bloodbath, and the way to separate, you know, the the top teams is their non-conference schedule. And my other question is, with power conferences starting, do you think that would remain the case, and we'll just see great games all year, or do you think once there's power conferences, they'll essentially use the the non-conference games with cupcake teams like it used to be back in the day is more like a preseason type feel. Like, which way do you see that going? Uh-huh. But anyways, I appreciate the show, guys. Hope you have a good rest of your day. Yeah, thanks, Travis. Appreciate you calling in. Well, to answer your first question, when the SEC expands, at least at the beginning part, it's going to be still eight games in conference play because uh, the schedule's already been released as far as who's playing who next season, and everybody's got only eight uh, conference games in that regard. But with the continuation, I, I think it's like I don't really know what to think when it comes to the expansion and these conferences that continue on because, I mean, what we thought a year ago has changed dramatically of what it is now. Like it could be something to where here in two or three years there's only three major conferences. It could be to where a lot of the smaller football programs and you know non-Power 5 teams or whatever, they may have their own league and then the other ones have their own league. Like I honestly don't know what it's going to look like, but um, just the way it's looking now, you're still going to have eight conference games and then four non-conference opponents where most teams will have at least one decent non-conference team to play. But who knows what it's going to look like. Scheduling is going to be done to do what's best for a conference and how they feel internally. So each conference is going to be on its own. Now, they could pay attention to what other conferences are doing, but it could set up something where if you have less conference games – now you can have some of those higher-powered non-conference matchups, and it's not going to hurt you as much with the playoff expansion. So you can lose one of these non-conference games, big-time matchups, and still be able to get into the playoffs at the end of the season because you're talking about dealing with more teams. So it could set up something like that. That's where the potential is, but conferences are going to do what's best for the conference first and foremost before they look outside of that. And they're going to want to have as many marquee games as possible because marquee games brings in money, brings in ratings, and that's what it's going to be about. So that's why a lot of conferences, and I think the SEC eventually will get to it, where they'll have nine conference games because that'll be nine games against quality opponents. And then after that, they may still continue to have non-conference games against big-time opponents. Don't really know, but hey, listen, if there's one thing that you can kind of look at and maybe draw some conclusions for, Think about what makes the most money, and that's probably what the answer is going to be when it comes to the expansion of how college football has gone. Whatever makes the most money, that'll probably be what they end up doing. But uh, it's been a fast-moving show. We're already two hours down, but we got another hour of Out of Bounds coming up next, and Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South will join us to talk a little bit about the SEC slate this weekend. You won't want to miss it, so you better stay tuned. You're on Out of Bounds with the third hour underway. Club of Central Arkansas invite you to the 2023 Leader of the Year Luncheon, honoring Hunter Juracek featuring Master of Ceremonies, David Basil. With your generous support, Boys and Girls Club of Central Arkansas will create opportunities to help more kids and teens achieve great futures. The Leader of the Year Luncheon will be Wednesday, October 18th at the Clinton Presidential Center. For tickets and additional information, visit bgcofca.org.